This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. <laughs> Welcome to the special Halloween episode, episode 39 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Eddie. I'm Andy. I'm Pat. Please join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Whoa. Welcome, everybody. We have an awesome episode lined up for you tonight, the Halloween special. And we have a table full of candy. (laughs) Candy. We need to get a picture of this to put it up on the page. Oh, gosh. We have peanut M&Ms. We have Kit Kat, Almond Joy, Reese's, peanut butter cups. The Paranormal Dads put the M&M in Monsters and Mysteries. Ooh, Ooh, that's true. Well done. That's right. Dang, well done. And well, I thought I'd stop and get some candy for you guys, and then, then Andy's like, oh, I can't eat that candy. It kind of ruins my throat. It, make, it makes me all phlegmy. Andy's uh, all professional. He's like, this is my instrument. I can't be coating it in chocolate. It's like those professional taste testers who can't eat spicy food. You know? Exactly. They're above it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, come, come next episode, I'm going to be gorging. I'll have chocolate running down my lips. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels like that time of year, boys. We're, we got the, the pumpkin beer going. We have It's it's already dark and it's mm, crisp outside. The weather kind of changing. Very yep. blustery days. The leaves just starting to fall. Yep. Um, you know, I had kind of a weird thing happen to me the other night, and and you wonder if it's just the changing of the seasons that did it. But I'm, I'm laying there in bed probably, I don't know, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Been a busy day. Oh. I'm, I'm tired. And I started thinking about your gutters, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm thinking. <laughs> Pat and I have God. a thing about my gutters. Yeah, I've yeah. heard the stories. Yeah. So, you know, Eddie fell off his roof one time and, and messed his arm up pretty well. And, oh, yeah. And ever since then, he has this aversion to ladders. I Go see figure. a ladder and I just wet myself and run away. <laughs> so I'm more than willing. I've, I've got a good ladder and I come over and, and we clean out the gutters. And I help. Take, take care of things. So. I'm thinking, I'm lying there in bed thinking, oh, we I got to get over there and get Eddie's gutters taken care of before the snow starts flying around, yeah. right? Next morning, 9 a.m., actually 8 a.m., Yeah, I'm at work. I get a text. It's Eddie. Hey, Pat, could you come over and do my gutters sometime? <laughs> and said, I'm thinking, whoa. I said, please. <laughs> Dude. It was like synchronicity. Yeah. So either Pat's it, getting definition. A, Pat's getting more psychic or Eddie like grabbed that thought out of the ethers and it triggered him to, yeah. to contact you. One of the two, chicken or the egg, you know? Our gutter cycles are in tow. <laughs> we are synced up with our gutter gutter times. And so, we're such dads, you know, yeah. thinking about right. gutters, aren't we? I know. I'm looking up at the trees losing their leaves. I'm like, but it's about time to get them gutters cleaned out. You know. Nothing but, scarier than water damage on your house, people. Yeah. That's what I, dude, last winter kind of had some had me biting my nails, so I was just like, we got to give Pat a call, and he's uh, he's a super amazing friend slash bro for life, paranormal dad, climbing up there like a champ. So I'm holding the ladder like a little wimp. But like I said, <laughs> I got it, buddy. Like I said, you know, the leaves are going to start flying around. It's starting to feel like Halloween. You, you know, the stores are full of candy and oh, candy. costumes and... Uh, just a great time of the year. I just love this time of year. Oh, it's it's my favorite. I, I, literally, this week, the third week of October, when the leaves start changing, it's my favorite week of the entire year. And I think, I know the three of us kind of feel like Santa Claus at Christmas when this time comes around. You know, so many events, so many... So fun. Yeah, you know, the pumpkin spice, everything, and you, you got Halloween right around the corner. And we got an awesome show lined up to you. So v- three very Halloween-y segments going on, and... Uh, we might get a little more peppy and a little more uh, crazy and jittery as the show goes on, as our blood sugars <laughs> get higher and higher from all this candy. Candy rush. So should we jump into uh, recent sightings, guys? Hey, one I- more thing before we jump into things. Oh. I don't want to forget. Yeah. I uh, just want to sh- give a shout out to Pat and JT. We were on the Pat and JT show, and we just had an awesome time with them. Uh, if you haven't listened to our sh- our show with Pat and JT, uh, you can 
uh, find it on their website. It's patentjt.com, mm-hmm. I believe it is. Yep. Uh, w- I also have a link to it on our YouTube page. Uh, if you find the Paranormal Dads YouTube page, w- I have a folder there, uh, or a channel, I think it's called, mm-hmm. which is um, Media Appearances is what I called it. Nice. And so you can find these links to our Patent JT appearance, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, they kept us around, actually, for two episodes, which was very gracious of them, and uh, I look forward to... Uh, another go around with them sometime yeah it was it was a hoot those two are so funny and that was a blast. Uh, they have such cool guests on that you know just honored to be a part of that so yeah definitely check that out and as far as this episode uh let's do it boys let's jump right into recent sightings uh so recent sightings is always that segment that we get a little uh loosey-goosey and take some liberties with because recent uh that term is is relative but i found a recent article uh from readersdigest.com uh which i used to get a actual like you know paper paperback little book it was kind of a smaller magazine yeah the babies were thick oh yeah Yeah. well i mean it's just you know they're they're kind of smaller not pocket size but they're smaller kind of look like a tv guide yeah thing yeah Yeah. my grandma roll it up and hit you with it tv guide got real big at one point (laughs) oh yeah. yeah 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 It's a thick boy, as my yeah. girls would say. But I used to, I used to get a subscription. Now I don't. But there's a recent article from ReadersDigest.com: 15 of the best haunted houses in America. Yes. And I should clarify: these are man-made haunted houses. Uh, you know, the kind that pop up, like the uh, Halloween attraction sort of thing. Yeah, Halloween attractions kind of thing. So I don't think these are in any particular order. But I'm just gonna straight up power through and read through, and it gives a little synopsis about what each one's about. And the first one is called Bennett's Curse, and it's in Jessup, Maryland. Okay. It says, Better brush up on your vampire legends before visiting this blood-sucking haunt. Bennett's Curse is the only medieval vampire night-themed haunted house in the world. What? Original scenes, enthusiastic actors, and state-of-the-art special effects combine to create an unforgettable experience. While you're visiting, don't miss the scariest urban legends from every U.S. state. That's another deal, apparently. Old timey King Arthur vampires. Yeah, I mean, look (laughs) at the the picture. It kind of has like this old. Oh, uh, dude! Yeah, yeah. Very gothic looking, kind of. Yeah, very gothic. We need to step up our game here in Omaha. (laughs) I just feel lazy. (laughs) Uh, Next one is from uh, Pontiac, Michigan. There's a haunted house called Erebus. Erebus. Yeah, Erebus. Erebus. All right. It says, this four-story building of horror is one of the largest walk-through haunted house attractions in the world. It even held the Guinness Book of World Records in that category from 2005 to 2009. Uh, Expect to be chased by otherworldly monsters and narrowly escape crushing walls. Uh, Rumor has it that past Erebus visitors have also gotten swallowed up, so Mm. enter at your own risk. Here's what concerns me it says expect to be uh let's see otherworldly monsters yada yada narrowly escape crushing walls i know right <laughs> so is it like an indiana jones temple of doom right, thing where right. the walls well, contract walls in on you in. or are they just really lazy and not maintaining that place so that's how they wave <laughs> the whole like oh it's part of the attraction the roof's falling in nobody <laughs> said it was going to be easy <laughs> But for those of us who have uh, claustrophobia, that that would probably be my worst nightmare. Dude. Next one is the Fright Factory in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Doesn't look like somewhere uh, you'd want to take your kids, oh, does yeah. it? Blood on the wall. Blood on the wall. Knives too. Like knives. Yeah, yeah. You know. How many knives could more <laughs> knives could you put on that wall? <laughs> the answer is none. None, none more knives. <laughs> you guys. Uh, all right. So here it says. After a renovation a few years ago, Fright Factory now has triple the scares. (laughs) That sounds like an infomercial right off the back. But wait, there's more. Not double. Triple. Triple. Just paid. Separate processing and handling. Uh, So if you dread going to the dentist, uh, steer clear of Silent Scream Asylum, which is inside the Fright Factory. Uh, You'll be locked in with clowns and dentists. among dentists. (laughs) Or maybe dentist clowns. It doesn't specify. What? The other two attractions take you into other abandoned rooms, like the butcher's room and an unholy chapel. I can totally picture this place. And it says... Uh, dental chairs. <laughs> dental chairs. Man. Oh. So it's America's longest running haunted house. Oh. It doesn't say when it opened, but it's the longest running. So there that's, you go. I wonder convenient. if there's a dude laying there in a dental chair doing a root canal on himself. Ooh, <laughs> that's metal. <laughs> <laughs> 
from the city of brotherly love. That doesn't sound very lovely. Yeah, it does doesn't it? look very no. loving. So uh, here we go from uh, Litchfield, New Hampshire. Uh, this one's called Nightmare New England. Rooted in a history of witchcraft and spirits, New England truly is one of the most haunted places in America. The legendary spook world joined Nightmare New England to forge one of the largest and most terrifying Halloween scream parks in the country. The scale and variety of this mega park offers something to thrill even the boldest of Halloween fanatics. Nightmare New England and Spook World feature seven terrifyingly haunted attractions and Monster Midway, where dozens of freakish characters freely roam the grounds and lurk around every corner. So it's like a supersized haunted house, wow. basically. <laughs> a Walmart of haunted houses. <laughs> and look at the, the photo of this nice gentleman with his oh. brain exposed. Oh, oh well, yeah, that nice. belongs on the inside. <laughs> That's all right. He has a splitting headache. Oh, my. <laughs> He's got a mind for horror. <laughs> Uh, next, oh here you go. Pat was just here in Kansas City. Uh, yeah, Pat beast. was just—you were there last weekend. I was uh, not this place, but I was in Kansas City at uh, a wedding of some friends of ours, and um, down in kind of the bottoms area of Kansas City, uh, kind of downtown area near the river, and uh, it was at a winery, Ooh. kind of a creepy looking chandelier in the place. As soon as I walked in the place, I'm like, oh, I'd like to investigate this, <laughs> this place. This place is haunted. My wife's just kind of rolling her eyes at me. <laughs> like, I'm a professional. <laughs> Stop it. She's like, behave. So uh, this is not too far off the beaten path then. This, this place is literally called The Beast. That's what it's called. Werewolves track your every move, lightning crackles around you, and alligators wait for you to get lost in their swamp so they can hunt you down. He just described Florida. That's all you just described. That's all you did. (laughs) I'm from there. I wonder how the Kansas City gators stack up to Florida. Exactly. They're just like the the size of a betta fish. This is my neighborhood, man. You just wrote the covenants to our neighborhood. (laughs) But it says, needless to say, this isn't for young kids. Uh, Another haunted house that is reportedly haunted. The Beast is one of the largest haunted houses in the country with four levels of screams and a four-story slide as an exit. (laughs) So if you prefer getting spooked in the safety of your own home... uh, uh, That's just... Never mind. That's a link to a different article. It's just like the Santa Claus at a Christmas story. Ho, ho, ho. ho, Kick you down down a slide. slide. (laughs) (laughs) You know what would be fun if we did... If if ever we did a haunted house like that that had multiple levels or, or even like, you know, themed rooms... I would want one room that was completely like Care Bears, like <laughs> like, and not with a hook. The whole thing is just like cutesy, cutesy, la la la, just to throw people off. So look at your face, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and people, then nothing happens, nothing. but it's just the anticipation exactly. of okay, yeah. this is going to be the worst. Just room. them waiting yeah. for one of the yeah. exactly. people walking. They're like, "What is this?" <laughs> That's all I want. It's just kind like, of la, a, la, a psychotic la, la, thing la, la. that you do to them. Exactly. The whole time they're just like. Oh. That's awesome. And then nothing. Just mess with their mind. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember which stand-up comedian it was, but one time I watched a stand-up, and he was, he was I think it was Dane Cook, but he was talking about he wants to break into somebody's house and then not steal anything, and it's going to drive the people <laughs> nuts all yeah. week long. Like, they're going to walk try, around their house, what did, they take? what yeah. did they take? What did they take? Yeah. Like, you didn't take break anything. Break in, clean everything, clean and everything. leave. Clean everything. <laughs> and just leave the door busted so it looks like a break-in. Yeah. I, I've actually heard of that before. People have broken into houses and cleaned the place up. Yeah. And they didn't know who did it. Yeah. And okay, those <laughs> yeah. those people are probably more mentally unstable than yeah. robbers. Yeah. You know what? I'll take it. Break into my house. Yeah. <laughs> Please. No, yeah. don't. I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'll leave a key under the door, right? <laughs> but, but I'm tissed. So uh, the next place on our haunted list is called Asylum 49 in Ooh. Toole, Utah. There are some secrets hospitals don't want to tell you, but being haunted usually isn't one of them. Asylum 49 used to be Tool Hospital and then a nursing home before converting entirely into a haunted attraction. In the haunted house, visitors may be taken from their groups and strapped to hospital beds. Oh my. What? <laughs> if you have a heart uh, of steel and don't find that terrifying enough, sign up for a ghost tour of the haunted hospital wings. Former nurses have shared stories about seeing dark shadows and encountering aggressive spirits. So you know it's the real deal. Yeah. Uh, wow. They're strapping you in. I hope you met your deductible. <laughs> no! I'm out of network. No! I only had Medicaid. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. What, what kind of waiver would you have to sign to get in that? You signing a waiver. If they're you, strapping you to a table. Yeah, I would think so <laughs> some of those haunted houses especially the ones where they can like touch you and yeah. stuff you sign a thing where you're like i'm cool with this 
Isn't there one nowadays where you can actually, it's like a zombie haunted house and you can actually hurt them? Like within limits, oh, yeah. You I, can like I, throw I, them off you and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think I heard of something like this. So like kind of like people. those those who like Fight Club might yeah. want to work there. You know? <laughs> yeah, I've seen somewhere you get like locked up. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Some people just really want to get scared. Jeez, comes with a free Valium afterwards. I was right? gonna say <laughs> exactly. free psychiatric treatment for everybody. A plate of cookies. That's right. All right, this next one's called Netherworld Haunted House, and it's in Norcross, Georgia. Mm. Uh, people come from all over the country to visit the this scare fest because it's about as close to staring into a scary horror movie as you can get without actually being in one. The themes at Netherworld change every year, but their realistic scenery and high-tech special effects created by film and television professionals never fail to make you feel like you're the character who never knows that she's being followed until it's too late. In fact, horror films like Zombieland and Halloween 2 have even included uh, Netherworld's props and sets in production because it's so lifelike. Holy cow. So that's, uh, that's something else right there. <laughs> that's... Ugh. Next one is called Terror Behind the Walls at Eastern State Penitentiary. Uh, I knew it was coming yeah, up at yeah. some point. Yeah, and this is again <laughs> in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, built as a haunted house inside a real state prison, this lost world of uh, crumbling cell blocks and empty guard towers stands behind the Eastern State Penitentiary's massive 30-foot high walls. This is home to uh, Terror Behind the Walls, ranked the number one haunted house in the United States by AOL City Guide and labeled Perfect for Halloween by the New York Times. Wow. It just looks imposing. I mean, look yeah, at look that. Yeah, look at that. Oh, it's, it's like straight up yeah. a castle. That is yeah, a castle. it looks like something out of Batman or something like that. Yeah. Need a change of underwear just in the parking lot looking at that. <laughs> Bring your brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tag. This one's in uh, Terrell, Texas, Whoa. and it's called Thrillvania. Oh. Take a peek there. Kind of looks like Adam's Family House or something. It kind of does a little bit from the front. <laughs> For a true visual, uh, for a true visual spectacle, travel 20 miles east of Dallas to visit one of the most decorated haunted attractions in the world. Spread out over 50 acres, featuring eight attractions, Thrillvania frightens more than 20,000 visitors a year. The cornerstone uh, cornerstone of this fear farm is Verdun Manor, which is a two-story haunted house originally designed by Disney Imagineers Mm. and is said to boast more props per square foot than any other haunted house in the country. Wow. (laughs) Holy cow. More props per square foot. (laughs) Props to them. Our props Props. got props. Props (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Haunted Acres Manor in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Not to be confused with a hundred acre wood from Winnie the Pooh, which is, of course, which is the exact Cause you, opposite. Because you'd get turned around, really. Yeah. You would. Uh, it's the exact opposite of the six scream worthy attractions at Hundred Acres Manor, from the slaughterhouse that would make Sweeney Todd reel in delight to the disturbing experiments in South Valley Slaughterhouse. Each one turns more frightening and mind bending than the next. So you walk by, you see Rocky pounding on a big exactly. thing of meat, then all of a sudden maggots start coming out Ooh. of the meat. <laughs> Rocky keeps keeps going and maggots flying everywhere. There's literal eyes of tigers flying out <laughs> of it. <laughs> Buckets of tiger eyes. Oh man, this article just keeps going and going and going. I'll I'll uh, read two more. It's got a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got, it is a lot to it, man. Uh, but again, it's readersdigest.com. If nice. you want to go read the thing in its entirety. So next one is uh, Nashville Nightmare Nightmare from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Says Nashville may be one of the best cities for solo travel travelers, but if you're not going to want to venture off uh, into this nightmare by yourself, Nashville Nightmare is consistently ranked as one of the best haunted houses in the nation, and for good reason. It has professional grade actors, convincing sets, and chilling thrills at every turn. So, yeah, that one. Uh, hmm. It looks like just uh, yeah, it's scaled up, scaled up everything. I mean. Yeah. When you have the budget to do those special effects and and to make everything kind of Hollywood grade, I mean you're. <laughs> Nashville's a very entertainment focused town. Oh as yeah. Well. yeah, absolutely. When you said so. Nashville nightmare, I thought it was because it's a lot, it's a big musician town too, yeah, and yeah. I was like, they you get locked in a room with all these people. Hear my demo. No! <laughs> <laughs> it's like Stop! you leave the Grand Ole Opry and then you 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 know, mosey on over to the Nashville nightmare. It's perfect. Exactly. I have this whole song played with one string on my guitar. <laughs> 
<laughs> out of tune. <laughs> no. <laughs> the last one I'll read is called The House of Horrors and Haunted Catacombs, and it's in Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. Known for terrorizing scares, the House of Horrors has zombies, demons, vampires, psycho killers, and the living dead creeping around every corner. Pretty much covered all the bases. There, I think didn't we're they? yeah, yeah, we're good. Uh, the haunted catacombs guarantees fear in your face, special effects, amazing animations, and Hollywood style sets that will make your heart race. So uh, there you go, Buffalo, New York. Um, wow, all over the place. There's one called the Haunted Hotel in San Diego, California. There's one called the Dent Schoolhouse in Cincinnati. Uh, Woods of Terror in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, so that, that literally takes place out in the woods. Don't we have one like that nearby in Elkhorn or somewhere here Scary in Nebraska? Acres? Scary Acres? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 It's an outdoors. It's like 192nd in Harrison. Yeah, in something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So what do you guys think? Do you do, uh, you do haunted houses? How does it stack up against an actual haunted house or haunted movie theater like we visited? Mm. You know, but... <laughs> I think they're two very different animals. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you, the haunted house, you know what you're getting yourself into. You, yeah. You see it out in the parking lot when you're walking in, right? Right. With the guy running around with the chainsaw. Right. It's very cinematic. Right. Yeah. Uh, where, whereas when you're like in the theater where we were at, it's just kind of almost like what you feel or what you, what's going on in your brain that, that kind of brings that fear factor up for you. Yeah. It's kind of a slow burn, yeah. you know, I think kind of when you're in an actual haunted facility, because, right. you know, unlike the ghost hunter shows, which kind of condense the whole experience mm-hmm. into a half an hour, you're you're going to be there for hours and you might yeah. just get an EVP here or a sensation there or, yeah. you know, what have you. But I don't know. I, I personally don't like things jumping out and scaring me. Yeah. So the, for in that respect, I'm not a big fan of the... Any more of those places are so over the top now. I haven't been to one in years and because and, my wife is never been into them and so we when we even when we were dating we didn't really go to them ever yeah uh and my kids really no never showed an interest in getting into them and so we've you know i've i've stayed away from them from probably the better part of 30 years uh you know in high school and grade school i went to to a few of them and they were much tamer back then yeah um when i lived in orlando there was a persistent attraction called terror on church street and I would encourage anyone to look it up. It's gone now. It's gone. But it was a uh, overall experience. And it would take um, scenes from films and other things and other like um, kind of uh, vignette or not vignettes, but like themes and carry them over into things. So you had like a swamp room and like a couple. And they'd switch these things, a mad laboratory, things like that. But it was like top shelf level, like Hollywood effects type things. And I would go, I kind of liked them as a younger man. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, like you're saying, Pat, it kind of got to the point where it takes a lot more to actually scare me. It's more being startled, like, ah, like, you know. <laughs> now the things that, bank, that scare us are our bank accounts and medical bills. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I should, the gutters know. on our roof. <laughs> exactly. You show me a ladder and I'm like, no. <laughs> but the one thing that did get me, it was so funny, it was in Ch- Terror on Church Street and were ushered and I was already like easily kind of scared. I'm kind of high strung. This might come as a surprise to some of you guys. I'm a little tightly wound. And so we go into this one room and it's pitch black and I'm like, what's happening? And then the light comes on click and it's a singular light pointing to this like teenage girl, like, like on a bed. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and and she like sits up and her face is all like green. And I'm like, oh no, it's the exorcist. And that's one of my most. And she's like, starts like spitting out like green stuff. Oh. And Les like screaming and jumping in the beds, like rocking. <laughs> it's like on hydraulics. Yeah. And then she's like reaching out for people. And I swear, I, I like, I like tried to get around, but like the hall is all narrow. So it pushes you closer to the bed. And you're like, no. And I felt her fingers like touch my back and it set me over the edge. I was like, no. It was Eddie shaped hole. In the side of the <laughs> the wall. So there's a part of my brain that wonders what was the green stuff she was spitting up. Was it just surge? Was it pop? You know. Yeah. Well, it was the '90s, so probably was surge. surge. Yeah, surge or jolt. <laughs> that was like brown though. I couldn't tell though. It was pretty dark. Oh, but yeah, gosh. not one, a big fan now. One one I had one blast from the past uh, hit me. I think it was just last weekend. I was watching the news and they had the, you know, the what's coming up this weekend segment. Yeah. And they were talking about the, it was like the 42nd annual Mangelson's 
Witch's Tea. Have oh, you yeah. guys ever hear about I never that? know. Mangleson's has been putting on, I think it's just like, kind of like a, a Halloween party. And, you know, I think it's designed for kids. And you can come in and uh, pick out costumes and buy costumes. And they have probably have snacks and, you know, probably witches walking around and, you know, ha- handing out Halloween candy. Oh, but, candy. They're, but they're still doing that. And I remember them advertising that back when I was a kid. Oh, and, wow. You know, it's been going on for 42 years. So it's, it's, uh, I heard that, and that's like, wow. There's, <laughs> there's some I haven't heard of. That's crazy. In quite a while, but they do a persistent like haunted house oh, in their man, yeah, parking lot. Yeah, too. they usually have a bunch of semi trailers come up, and and they connect them all together and and build a haunted house inside. And then right there at the store, you know, Mangleson's forever. If if you're not from Omaha, Mangleson's is is kind of a it's kind of like a. Almost like a Michael's store. It's like a party superstore, basically. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. have but, everything in there. But it, it's it's got this just killer Halloween section. Yeah. There's this back room where you can go back and and get masks and things. And yeah, it's and, crazy. Uh, you know, it's always been known for for its Halloween uh, emphasis when when this time of the year rolls around. Yeah. Everybody likes to go to Mangleson's. So. It's nuts. Yeah. The other last uh, recent sighting <laughs> on a more local level. On, if you're familiar with Omaha, right around, I'd say, 125th and Fort area, uh, right right by the main road there on Fort, there's this house. And in the driveway, each year, this family does their own little haunted house. They break out all this woodwork and two-by-fours, and they essentially build a haunted house that's the size of a large garage in their driveway. They put a green tarp over the top so you can't see what's in there. And it's just kind of spray painted on the outside. It says free haunted house. And they open it up just for Halloween night for kids to right. go through. So yeah. it's oh, a, wow. It's like next level. I mean, that's yeah. like grassroots effort yeah. to to scare people. So it's kind of good to see people putting in the, you know, blood, sweat, and tears to make Halloween uh, just as scary as it's ever been. So if you're uh, in that area, I might want to mosey on by and check that out. I've never stopped by, so I'm not sure what it's about. But I, I doubt chainsaws are included because yeah. I think it's more of a family-friendly kind of deal. Cool. Haunted garages are fun. I've seen uh, that's been a thing more and more with trick or treating. Where we, I mean, it hasn't been like everyone, but I've seen right. several like haunted yeah, garages. Yeah, that was one we went to in your neighborhood, in your old neighborhood. That's the one, one where Elise got we the... went over there. And Elise, she's like, I'm <laughs> she out was of traumatized. Here. She was gone. Yep, <laughs> spun on her little like five year old heels and was like, I'm out. Walked home. <laughs> yeah, Halloween's broken. <laughs> well, there you go. There's your recent sightings. Recent article again that was on ReadersDigest.com. Uh, best haunted houses in America. So hope, hopefully you enjoyed that one. Up next, Pat has something very special lined up for pop culture and the paranormal. Many faces have it's time for pop culture and the paranormal. Okay, so... For more than three decades, there's a company called the Ben Cooper Inc. Um, costume Company. It was provide it provided kids with inexpensive Halloween costumes and and masks made of magic. <laughs> you guys remember these? These are the vinyl costumes we used, used to get. Uh, they were they were just real lightweight material. Usually, they didn't even have sleeves, and they had the kind of a plastic mask with a cheap rubber band that goes around the back. Mm-hmm. All of them, you know, you could buy them in, you know, ha- Halloween monsters or licensed characters. Yep. Um, so this company, it it began back in 1937. It was originally a vaude- vaudeville and masquerade costume company uh-huh. in New York City, and it was founded by brothers Ben and Nat Cooper. And uh, early on, they these guys these guys were pretty smart. They they figured out. Okay, we've got this costume company. What we need are licenses. And so they went out and they bought the licenses or acquired licenses from the Walt Disney Company. Smart. And we're talking way back in like the 30s. Yeah. Got them at the source, man. Yeah. Yep. So and Walt Disney just so needed money at that they, point. They, they like, had, yeah, you know, they had characters such at the time like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, and of course Mickey Mouse. Yep. Um, and that established them as a premier halloween costume company and it went straight on into the 30s and 40s they began to build their catalog um with other things and they they started dipping into radio which was the big thing at the time and also television which was just coming on the scene and so they get characters like davy crockett and superman um 
Man. Possibly Lone Ranger. So, you know, just kind of these guys had the knack of picking on picking up on what kids would be interested in being for Halloween and they'd get these licenses, build the costumes and they'd make money when Halloween you wonder, time come around. You wonder how they kind of figured out like what the kids were into, you know? Yeah, I mean and and that's one of the things in researching this company. These guys really had a gift for it. They awesome. they they were able to pick up on what was going to be popular because it wasn't something that they could just say, you know, July say, "Okay, uh the kids are into this, so we got to make a bunch of these costumes." You right. Know, they they had to you know, begin production probably 8 months before Right. um you know, and design everything before they began production. So it was they probably started right after Halloween. They'd start on the, on the next know, getting years. ready for the next year. Um, and then once they hit the 70s, you know, the, the rails, you know, just, just the wheels fell off yeah. and, and things just went crazy. So they got into the Marvel and DC comic book characters. And back then they were comic books. They weren't yep. actually <laughs> graphic novels. Um, movies hadn't even... Not really. really. You know, they, Superman wasn't even out at the in the late time 70s, yet. but yeah. not yet. Yeah. So, and they were still around in the 80s, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. They continued into the <clears throat> 80s. Because uh, I remember either me or my brother, uh, or both, we had like the Superman. Mm-hmm. Or not, not Superman, we had He Man. Yep. The He Man yeah, one. Yeah. I like I can still smell the vinyl. Like I can yeah. still smell that rubbery smell to the to I, the costume. And there was still, like a little slit where your mouth was. Slit. So, so you, you wouldn't would like die. A, you'd stick your tongue out through that yep. slit. <laughs> yep. And sometimes the condensation from your warm breath would yeah. kind of cause like a moisture inside yep. yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, like a hockey like a hockey mask. <laughs> yep. I had a Optimus Prime nice mask. Yeah, I remember that. It was like 1984, 85, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it did mention in here how they had the Transformers yep. in the '80s and He-Man as well. Yep. yep. Um, they they picked up uh, Saturday morning cartoons, Hanna Barbera, you know, Fred Flintstone, and all those those people. You could be Dino for Halloween. I don't remember seeing one that they didn't have. It was oh, almost like yeah. if you had, they probably had a costume for. And it. this, I mean, I could be dating myself here, but Uh-oh. I just remember going to Kmart with with my mom after school one day in October, and we. They just have aisles of these things, yeah. and, and they came in these nice boxes, almost mm-hmm. about the size of a shoe box. Yep. And you'd pick them up, and you'd the mask would be all laid out, and you could see it through the cellophane. And you know that was always a big day of the year when yes. we got to go Halloween costumes shopping. And then it really went nuts in the year 1977. What Superman comes out? Right? No. 77, 77. I was born. So there's that. Yeah. It was Eddie. They were Eddie costumes. <laughs> wow, be Eddie. Beard and everything. Ooh. Star Wars. Oh, oh yeah, stupid me. Oh my gosh. So, so yeah, did George Lucas sell the license for that or was they, he, he like these guys were smart enough to pick up on this campy space movie that was coming out. They bought the license before the movie was even released. Oh, wow. they they knew that you know, oh, these are space characters, and they 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 did get to see some of the pre-production pictures, and they saw, you know, oh, these are kind of cool looking, right. Darth Vader and and C three PO, and so they're like, oh, we got to make some costumes. They had no idea what they were getting themselves could, into. Could they even keep up with production because after they, that movie they, came out? After the first year, um, you know, they completely sold out of their Star Wars costumes that sure. first year, nineteen seventy seven, and they spent the rest of the nineteen. 19- 77 and 78 getting ready for the next Halloween and they you know they, they that's all anybody wanted was yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Um I think the first costumes they did there was a Luke Skywalker uh a Darth Vader a C3PO and a Chewbacca. Yeah. Um, Chewbacca. There and and uh, and then in later years they they added Princess Leia, yeah. I think. Stormtrooper so, I think too. Stormtrooper came in. I remember it was probably '78. Uh, I I got a Luke Skywalker costume, you know, and I was all excited for Halloween. But then we went back to the store that year. Uh, we were just there shopping or whatever, and I found a stormtrooper mask. And I just thought the stormtrooper mask was so cool. I said, "Oh, mom, I really want to be this instead." And I couldn't believe it, but she actually bought me the mask. You know, it was oh. probably every you know. Two dollars, maybe two dollars, yeah, at the most. But she bought me the mask, and there there was no costume there, 
So I just had the mask. I wore like a, a white button down white shirt with long sleeves. Yes! And, and I don't know if they're white sweatpants or long underwear or something. That's you know? amazing. But I made myself a stormtrooper that year. But so <laughs> a cooking apron? I ran around with, a, with well, one of my guns. And... See, and I can picture the stormtrooper and I can picture Chewbacca and maybe C-3PO, but like... How human-like, how realistic was like the Luke Skywalker or the Princess Leia? Was did it look creepy? Like, or did they get? Pretty I remember close? Luke looking kind of feminine. His really? lips, his lips they were, were kind of red. rosy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had the duck lips going. He was getting. They ready. can't fight their vaudeville roots. They're like, rah, 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 rah. And, and he's got like the red cheeks. And the <laughs> I kind of went through some of my home pictures that I have um, from that time, and I, I didn't have anything from Halloween. So my mom, uh, one year for Christmas, gave us all books with with her old photos in it and, oh nice and so th- my brothers or sisters probably have copies of pictures of this i'm gonna have to hit them up one of these days and see if i can dig out those pictures just to see what they look like and i'll have to post them on the website sometime that's but, amazing but uh yeah and and so things were going great for these guys until 1982 there was a national tragedy that went on and it just put kind of the skids on Halloween. You guys have any idea what that could have been? The satanic panic. D and D, heavy metal, bad. <laughs> wasn't any there ideas? like? Wasn't there like a fear? What? I don't 82? know. I, I, can't, I can't think of it. I do know that there's never actually I been a documented case of like razor blades and apples or poison and candy or anything like that. It wasn't anything like that, was it? Andy's on the right path. Okay. Was it? Was it real? It, it it was real. There there was definitely a scare going on at the time. This was the Tylenol medi- oh, medicine scare. When some guy was like, so, I put poison so in the Tylenol. So somebody poisoned. Uh, there were, uh, I believe, a total of seven people died in the Chicago area of um, cyanide-branded Tylenol caplets. Yeah. Uh, including, I think there was at least a couple of children involved. Wait, th- but this this wasn't related to Halloween, though, no, right? No, it, it was just they, they took the Tylenol off the right. shelves, bought it maybe, or sold it, brought it home, right. put the cyanide in. Then they brought them back to the store and put them back on the shelves, and yeah. other people bought them. And because of that, scary people were leery to go trick-or-treating and to get candy exactly, from strangers. Yeah, you know, oh, it just kind of gosh. put the brakes on Halloween. People didn't w- want to trust uh, home-baked goods anymore. Yep. Uh, that's where, uh, even though candy sales were down that year, um, that's really where candy sales kind of took off in later years because they were individually wrapped. Yep. They were a little easier to audit, you know, when, when right. the kids brought them home. Yeah. Um, but uh, there were also a lot of copycat crimes that went on similar to that one uh, after the Chicago ones. People, it was it was almost like a Tide Pod thing, right? Really? So you see some people doing it, and then other people start doing it in other places. Really? They never did find the person who did it. Wow. Which, which is kind of crazy. Well, back then they didn't have the you know security surveillance quite like we do today. Right. So yeah. yeah. But that also led to new packaging for medicines and over-the-counter drugs. You got the foil on the on the yep. the bottles and and uh, the sealed-up cardboard boxes. You know, uh, it, it really changed a lot of things. And yeah. and it kind of put Halloween. It, it started to shift it from a kids' holiday to more of a parents' holiday. Believe it or not, because what happened is they they stopped ha- doing focusing so much on trick-or-treating mm. and started having more family parties and mm-hmm. parties with your friends and family where you could kind of control what trust con- what was happening consuming yeah and uh so so that actually kind of hurt this this ben cooper costume company because they weren't prepared for that they always created the kids costumes and now there were more parents getting into it and they didn't want the skimpy little costumes they wanted you know Robust looking, yeah, full looking uh, outfits and and even you know masks that go over over the face and things like yeah. that. Um, so there there was another company at the same time uh, that I have to mention. Uh, that that's the Don Post Mask Company, and they they did really well too. You know, throughout the seventies and into the eighties, they created some Star Wars masks. They had a Darth Vader one, C three PO. Uh, their first year, they had a Chewbacca with his mouth open. Oh, and they decided the next year they didn't like it quite so much, um, and so they they created another one with his mouth closed. Oh, so now the open mask one is like this huge Super collector's valuable. item. 
Of course. Um, I can just imagine wearing that thing with the open mouth and eating all my candy as I was walking down the street, <laughs> yeah. shoving it right yeah. through the whole mouth hole. And eating these canines going yeah. down on your Hershey bars. Monch, monch. <laughs> but but the, the thing, one of the most famous masks Don Post ever created was the... Uh, you know what it is? The William Shatner mask exactly. used for, uh, for not Friday, uh, Halloween, the right. Halloween movies. Right. It was actually a mask of William, William Shatner, Shatner for Star, for Star Trek, Trek, but they used it in the movie of Halloween as the bad guy. Yeah. And they painted it white. Yeah. And people just kind of, they decided they wanted that mask. And that kind of turned into this whole licensing thing, too, for mm-hmm. a while. Um, there's kind of an interesting backstory I won't go into, but, uh, you know, they they had the Star Trek license, but then the Halloween people said no, this is our character, and you know they were kind of back fighting back and forth over that one. Poor William Shatner's in the <laughs> middle of it all. Yeah. What did he do? Who do I punch? Who do I kiss? <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> but yeah, so so as you know, people got older, or or or, or parents got more into these Halloween costumes, uh, cosplay started coming around. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Don Post or Ben Cooper, I'm sorry, Don, Ben Cooper just just couldn't keep up. You know they they kind of got onto the bandwagon for the parent stuff just too yeah, late, yeah, a little too late, and and they they ultimately folded. Uh, it was like the late nineties. Oh I no! Um, so hanging on fingertips. Yeah. But uh, I tell the Star Wars costume story, but I remember I was Batman one year. I had a Batman mask. The Adam West a, Batman or the... the? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And and that was a that was the thing where I had the mask, but I didn't have you know the full the out, vinyl apron, the vinyl apron or, or the cape or anything. That yeah. was all homemade, right? Yes. <laughs> my brother was Robin, and so my dad always likes to tell this story. We we went up to this house to to trick or treat. Knocked on the door, door opens. A guy standing there with his his coat up over his head. Ooh. So he kind of looked like a headless horseman. Yeah. And he, dad says, that was the year Batman flew. Because <laughs> we flew off the porch <laughs> and did not go back to that Done. house for candy. That's great. I remember uh, when I was younger, I had a red hooded sweatshirt and my mom took, uh, I don't know, some sort of stuffing and made two black devil horns and sewed it to the top of the hood. And then she sewed like a black tail on the back and... So I was Satan for uh, for Ooh. I think I, multiple years. I think at least two years because it was just such a good outfit and it was warm. Yeah, I was gonna say. And uh, yeah, it was that was classic. My daughter Sky currently, uh, she'd been talking since about August that she was going to be. She wanted to be mustard, big mm. big uh, tube of mustard. And I was like, all right, I'll just be ketchup. And our we were gonna make our dog Zico into a hot dog, and it was just <laughs> nice. gonna be a thing. But went to Disney World a few weeks Uh-oh. back, you know, magic overtook her and now she wants to be Elsa. There so it is. I was like, you be Elsa, I'm going to be uh, Satan. Satan, I'll be Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Uh, I think I'm going to be Chris what's his name? Christoph? Christoph. Christoph and then Zico our dog's going to be Sven. We're oh. going to put some reindeer antlers on oh, him. All right. And, yeah, so reindeers are better. We're going to go with the frozen theme there. How about cool. you, Ed- Eddie? Oh, this year? Oh my my story like a favorite. I oh gosh, those, so those those costumes uh, for me were magic, uh-huh. pure magic. Like just, and I mean, I think the whole point behind them was that they were pretty affordable, right? That was right. a whole yeah, kind of yeah. attraction, like three bucks. Yeah. yeah, and I remember they must have like as a business decided to diversify because you could buy the box with the apron and the mask, or mm-hmm. like you were saying, just, just the, the mask. mask. So right. you could do one of two things. And my mom, I think, savvied up to it because I think for one or two years we did the apron with the mask, and then after that she's like just the mask. So mm-hmm. we we too were stuck with trying to like right. mix and match. Yeah. Um, the fun little update to this, and I don't think it's the same company because I think they're gone now, right? The is it Ben Cooper? Uh, ben Cooper, yeah. They, ben Cooper hung out till 2012, actually. Oh wow! Uh, so they they but they they weren't the same as they were back in the 70s yeah. and 80s. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, we were talking about Mangelsons earlier, and that's they sold a lot of Ben Cooper Walls masks. of it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now, today, uh, there's actually a store in town uh, called Pop Culture Exchange, mm-hmm. and they have, they've done this thing where they took those costumes from the Ben Cooper, and they kind of yeah. have redone them, uh-huh. but they're super big. 
<laughs> as decorations. Okay. So you can put this mask on your wall. And the funny thing is they have them either super big or they have them super small. And the super small ones have like a character that folds out. Remember those like characters that had joints? Like they were all made of cardboard, but their joints would turn because they had like little metal oh, yeah, like, yeah. brads okay. inside of them. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're meant as wall decorations. But the key piece to this is that mask. It's a uh-huh. little vinyl, uh, right. you know, that plastic mask. And so it's kind of neat that in a way... The, that costume is being remembered, even yeah. if it's in a form of a decoration now. It's a little tip of the hat. But they're like monsters. It's like Dracula and werewolf and all right. that. But it's just kind of a neat little remembrance of those costumes. And you can still find a lot of these costumes on, of course, eBay oh, yeah. and places like that. You know, they, they go for a pretty penny. Probably not in greatest shape. No. But uh, they, would crack. They, they weren't built to last. No, disposable. Uh, my, my favorite, though, like you were saying, was uh, probably my Optimus Prime. I was just, I I put that mask on. I knew that magical age of like, it was like 1985, 86. So I was like seven or eight years old. You put that mask on and you just feel like you yeah. become the character. Yeah. And even though you can hear that apron just crunkling, it's in your mom's tying the little, the little pieces of uh, cloth together. Uh, genius. You know, it's magical. It's a magical uh, holiday in general. Oh, you, know, so it's a, you, you just can't get back those precious years. So, uh, whoever you are listening, uh, cherish it. Cherish those moments with your with your kids. Take lots of pictures. And I'm telling you, man, they 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 say that sense of smell is the scent yeah. the sense that is most linked with memory. And I'm t- I can smell yeah, those it's, costumes, it's man. Yeah. When you open that package, oh, and yeah. it just takes you back. Yeah, so. yeah, that's a good one, Pat. Thanks. Right. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> The Headless Horseman rides tonight through stark and starless skies, shattering the silence with his otherworldly cries. He races through the darkness on his alabaster steed. The Headless Horseman rides tonight wherever the fates would lead. So, main mystery, guys. Are we ready? We strapped ready. in. You got a good one, dude. Hope you don't lose your head <laughs> <laughs> over this one. We're going to be discussing the true stories, the stories behind Sleepy Hollow. So to give people, to fill people in on the story, and I think most people know the story of Sleepy Hollow, uh, you might be familiar with it through the uh, telling of it through the Disney cartoon. A lot of us are kind of exposed to it through that. It was a short uh, film from Disney. Oh, it was a short, huh? It was not a full-length feature. It was actually okay. like a 20-minute little mm-hmm. short. It was actually shown in conjunction with another short called The Wind in the Willows. So it was back and forth between Mr. Toad and his buddies and then uh, Sleepy Hollow. Gotcha. And so it was an animated story. We're not going to be discussing that. It's very Disney and kind of clean. There's also a movie done by Tim Burton about this, which is not family friendly. <laughs> and Johnny Depp is in that? Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched it recently, which kind of gave me the idea for this. It's actually really good for a Halloween movie, mm-hmm. but like, do not bring the kids, man. Like, you know, This is 18 and over for sure. It's, it's, it's gory. It's intense. It's, it's got a lot going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the actual story of Sleepy Hollow is set... In 1790, which man, that's oh. a long yeah. Our country was just a just, just a baby, just a baby. Yeah, twenty something years old, yeah. not even thirty years old yet. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, and this is when people still have accents <laughs> from <laughs> England. You yeah. know, it's like this is this might be New York, but it's not like America, America yet. We're still developing our sense of identity. More like New New Yorkshire. Yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it's set in 1790 in the countryside around the Dutch settlement of Terrytown, New York. Okay? Yeah. Which is actually still a town. You can go oh to Terrytown, right, yeah. New York. Yeah. I bet you they're really cashing in on that uh, lore, aren't they? I wonder if they have a parade or something. They do. I think if you go online and look up some of this Terrytown stuff, there is like uh, Sleepy Hollow events and tourist attractions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And there's some really old cemeteries that look just bonkers, you know? <laughs> so check that out. But so Sleepy Hollow is a secluded glen around the area of Terrytown. So it was more like a little village. It really wasn't its own city where it was set. Um, renowned for its ghosts and the haunting atmosphere that pervades the imaginations of its inhabitants and visitors. 
Um, the a lot of this stuff, these t- tales about Terrytown, come from people who lived around that area, claiming that it had ties down to even like Native American like medicine men and chiefs who would tell stories of ghosts and spirits and things that oh, wow. occupied that glen. So it predated even the Europeans coming over, huh? It has a history. So the the area was just steeped in legend. Correct. Wow. And so it had this otherworldly kind of. Uh, feel to it that's kind of set the tone for this story. So, the story of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is actually a gothic story written by the American author Washington Irving. Oh, okay. okay. And so, this is where it was a short story. It was a collection of 34 short stories or essays that contained everything from Legend of Sleepy Hollow down to Rip Van Winkle. Really? He actually wrote that story too. Okay. Gotcha. Now, there's actually, and it's funny about Rip Van Winkle. We should do another main on this one at some point in time. There's actual like belief that Rip Van Winkle might be based off of an experience that this author actually had in real life, huh. or little, knew of someone who did have that experience. Little little time slip, or somebody living past their expiration date, huh? Yeah, yeah. There's another story with that where a person like falls asleep, basically has an entire lifetime experience, like gets married, has children, and then wakes up. And is like, what just happened? And then goes, and he's been asleep for 20 minutes. It's a weird... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah we could revisit that for sure. <laughs> Put a bookmark in that. Yeah. But yeah, so it's written by Washington Irving, and it's set in the town of Sleepy Hollow. So the story behind this is that Washington Irving lived around this area, not so much in Terrytown, but near it, and mm-hmm. that the family would go there on vacations, or they would just kind of visit that as kind of like in a little escaped area, right. and that the lore and mystery surrounding um, um, Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow would just excite his young imagination, yeah. and he would just kind of pull these stories together and then take these myths and tales and wrote a whole new story based off of this cool. stuff. Well, it sounds like he wrote nothing but home runs. So, yeah. I mean, Rip Van Winkle and, yeah, Sleep, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. All right. So, the idea of Sleepy Hollow is that it's set in, in Terrytown and that a teacher comes to the town in the name of Ichabod Crane. And in the newer tellings, they kind of play around with his profession. But in the original telling, he's like a tutor or a teacher, someone who's going to help, you know, educate people. And he had some sort of like connection to one of the local uh, um, ladies. The idea was that he was going to like woo her and to get to know her better. And there's in the story, I believe there's kind of like this thing of like, oh, was it real or was it wasn't? But like the, what the dad wasn't a fan of him. And but there was this tale of the headless horseman that would basically kill you, take your you know to chase you, and then but it couldn't cross this one bridge right. to come to come get you. So the story has. Ichabod's riding his horse, and he gets across the bridge. Coconuts. Coconuts. Gets across the bridge. That was way better than what I brought. <laughs> and he stops, and he looks, and he sees the, the headless horseman has stopped chasing him, and he's holding in his hand a pumpkin. And inside that pumpkin is shooting out the blinding light of Glowstain! Anyway, I digress. He throws the pumpkin at him, and glow stick juice goes everywhere. Um, don't want to ruin the whole story. Check it out yourself. But the stories behind it is what, uh, what's interesting. So you dive a little deeper, and the, some of the myths behind specifically the Headless Horseman is what I want to focus on. So traditional folklore holds that the Headless Horseman was a Hessian trooper who was killed during the Battle of White Plains in 1776. This is where it gets interesting. So it's the American Revolutionary War, and a Hessian trooper was actually a German who were helping the British fight Americans. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what the Hessians were. See, here you go, folks. You listen to Paranormal Dads long enough. You you learn something. You get a history lesson. (laughs) There you go. Courtesy of Eddie Fossler. You're welcome. (laughs) But so the Hessian trooper was basically fighting and received a cannonball to the head. Oh. Which, you know. Isn't going to work well. No. No. Yeah, that'll ruin your weekend. And so it wasn't even like the head was like knocked clean off. It was exploded into pieces. Like, oh, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Much so, like an M M&M and M being chewed up by Pat. <laughs> so there's no there's no option of reattachment. No, yeah, no, you're not no. saving him from that one. That's Humpty Dumpty in it no right there. Head transplants, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless it's a pumpkin. 
And so the idea was that he was uh, eventually buried. His his uh, comrades carried him away quickly, and then buried him headless, which is where his restless spirit then roams the land looking for his head. Looking for his head. That's kind of where this folklore was built in. Now there was a persistent story of this pre the writing of Sleepy Hollow. So the notion of so like there was already a legend about this dude. Right. Right. Roaming the countryside. Yes, there was a there was a legend of the Hessian trooper that got his head blown off, and that his ghost wandered the wandered the land looking for his head, and that you know um, Washington Irving kind of took that and kind of ran with it as, an, as a thing, gave it some backstory. That's cool. See, we've said this a hundred times on this show, you know, throughout the years, but uh, you know, most legends are at least partly rooted in true events you know so any legend that you can think of don't immediately discount it because that legend came from somewhere initially right Mm -hmm. well strap on your your boots and helmets guys (laughs) because we're going to get into the wayback machine and go even further into the headless horseman's backstory (laughs) a mythical figure the headless horseman appeared in folklore around the world in the middle ages Okay, so so this one was featured as a Sir Gawain and the Green Knight and the story for Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And you guys, I see you guys nodding. You might remember this. So uh, Sir Gawain was one of the knights of the round table Mm -hmm. and the Green Knight shows up and basically is like, we're going to fight. All right. And basically, whatever hit you give me, I'm going to come back and give you a year and a half from now. Why 18 months? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some weird deferred interest thing. <laughs> Who knows? So he's like, let's do this. We're going to fight. And Sir Gawain's like, I know what I'm going to do. He chops off the dude's head, chops off the green knight's head. He's like, you can't kill, you can't get me if I kill you, bro. There's no foreplay. He just cuts yeah. right to the chase. Ba-bam! <laughs> Done. <laughs> and, but they thought the green knight would die. Oh, he didn't die. He leans over, picks up his severed head, and Walks is up. like, I'll see you later, chum. <laughs> and the 18-month clock starts ticking. <laughs> click, 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 click. And Sir Gawain's like, oh, snap. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> so 18 months goes by. Green Knight shows back up, holding his head, you know, like in a, like a bowling bag. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then he's like, time to, time to do this, man, you know? Yeah. Sir Gawain is like, I'm a knight of the round table. I honor my word. Got on his knees, put his head out. Chop away, dude. Take it off. Green Knight's like, you're a man of honor. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> really? man. Yeah. And so the big story was like that was kind of the Green Knight's test to see if the Knights of the Round Table were truly honorable. Really? Kind of a cool story, actually. That is, that is really a cool, cool story. Yeah. A moral lesson there. Yeah. But that's, a, that's an ancient uh, Britain tale of a headless horseman. Oh, he had a horse, too, by the way. So there you go. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Rides off on the horse. That could be a good sequel for uh, The Holy Grail. Right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. I, I, I'm thinking a fun Paranormal Dad short, like the green, yeah, the, the the green, green podcaster. <laughs> um, but we're not done. Let's go further back in the Wayback Machine. Don't tell me this is like 2000 BC. Exactly. <laughs> in Irish folklore, this is going back so far, we're in like, you know, Bronze Age, pre-Middle Ages. Uh, this is going to be, my Gaelic is a little rusty. The Dullahan, the Dullahan, the dark man, is a headless demonic fairy. Fairies for them are different than what we... I was going to say, that's that's dark. Yeah. Fairies for us are, you know, little pixies. Exactly. Yeah. Where's Tinkerbell in this? Why does she have no head? <laughs> Usually riding a horse, carrying his head under his arm, he wields a whip made from a human corpse's spine. Oh, oh man. Nice Hopefully he got a flexible one from like a contortionist. <laughs> when the, some with a little snap to exactly. it. Yeah. A, little, a, little, a little snap, snap. The Dullahan calls out a name. Oh, I'm sorry. When the Dullahan stops riding, death occurs. The Dullahan calls out a name, at which point the named person immediately dies. So, yeah. In another version, he is the headless driver of a black carriage. Yeah. So there you go. There oh, are several, man. and we can keep going. There's a lot of cases of headless... Um, uh, you know, you know, horse masters, knights, uh, warriors that have no head, either challenging people or seeking some sort of like vengeance in in uh, ancient history. Do they always have a black horse? I well, because I'm thinking, you know, well, the original poem was alabaster horse, and so that's a white horse. 
Okay, well, when you were reading, yeah, okay. yeah, alabaster. I'm not up to date on my, uh, yeah, on my Home Depot uh, paint color samples. Yeah, yeah. that's All the right. thing that really took me though when we saw him, the headless horseman at the Disney parade, the Mickey's not so scary parade. He comes riding down the street on his black horse. Yeah, and you just hear these coconuts going clop 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 clop, and it was just like. What is that? Yes. You know, it, it was just shocking to yeah. see. You know, it just kind of took... Uh, the only way I can describe it is it took my brother away. It's uh, So the, the the story, in my opinion, when you read these old stories, and it's a really short story. It's, it's, it's not a long read. But when you read these stories, they, especially this one, it combines so many great elements. America is a new country, so new. And there's all this wild, unexplored land. And there is this persistent myth that's still kind of heavy in the air. And then you combine that with a new person in the town, like, hey, I'm a guy, you know, I'm a new guy. What's going on? What's old? Oh, what's why is everybody so glum? And there's this almost character that's larger than life looming over the entire town, has the entire town in its gr- icy grip. <laughs> and that, you know, the notion that this may be real. Or, or it's the town trying to scare you away, one of the two. But uh, the story and the setting and all of that combines, at least to me, some of the best elements to make kind of a, a great, scary Halloween story. I think you make a good point there with, with the, the, the setting of it. it. It's a Halloween story. It's, it's set in the fall. And, and a lot of the stories and, and movies and things you see, the visuals remind you of that you know yeah. you're, you there's very blustery the leaves have fallen off the trees kind of dark shadows it's dark the moon's out you know and there's this guy riding around on a dark horse with holding his head yeah or a, a glowing pumpkin or something to that effect yeah you know just the it, it just kind of reminds you of that time of the year when you hear these stories you, you can feel the chill in the air and and the blowing blustery leaves and uh, oh yeah, it's it's good stuff. It gets to like an archetype too, almost. You know, I mean, we know the angel of death and all that stuff, and kind of what it does. But this is almost like a mo- not modern, but a very like newer take on that idea. Well, and I also like the time period that it's set in. You know, new continent. Uh, you know, we're fresh. You know, what's 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 the energy like here? And and it, obviously, we're at a, a point in history so long ago. It's not like you could get on. Uh, Hey, you couldn't get on uh, Google, couldn't hop on the internet and and do some research. This is all word of mouth legend, you know, right. things that have been right. passed down right. uh, family to family over over a hearth or over a you know a fire in the backyard. So I mean, it just adds to the lore of you know what's real, what's not, uh, you know. And then legends have a way of coming to life as they get passed on. So that's, I mean, that's that's a doozy, you know. That's that's a heavy hitter among the the Halloween legends. So yeah, and. And, you know, there's so many different takes on this story now. It's almost like you can pick your favorite, you know, whether it's the reading the original story or the Disney or this newer take. Uh, There's also like other versions of it. Like nobody has the market on this. This is very much in the public domain. I mean, if you wanted to right now, you could write a story on Legend of Sleepy Hollow and Mm -hmm. you would not be in violation of anything. So there's a lot of great side shot and, you know, other stories kind of set in this or even, you know, directly talking about it. But there's just a, you know, pick your favorite in a way, but there's a lot of fun to be had with, uh, with the legend of sleepy hollow for sure. So, so there it is. There's the Halloween special. It seems like just yesterday we were doing last year's Halloween special. So we'll keep it going. Actually, we didn't even do one last year. We missed it last year. Can you believe that? Did we? So it it? was two years ago. Was it two years ago? We did a happy Halloween kind of message, but yeah, we didn't have a special episode. Yeah, we, we, we got busy. We, we were busy, but, uh, I remember but I was yeah. talking about some of our favorite candies and stuff, but it could have been two years ago it already. Was, yeah. My God. Yeah. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Time flies. Yeah. Feeling old, Andy? Feeling headless? <laughs> I'm feeling like time. I'm feeling going to feel like Rip Van Winkle pretty soon as fast as time's going by. Exactly. But, uh, uh, as always, I have to say uh, thanks to freesound.org for provi- providing us with sound effects and music for this. And uh, uh, you, you guys already know this. You know, check us out on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, paranormal dads you can uh, email us a cool story if you email us a cool creepy story we might just read it on our show and you can hit us up at paranormaldads at gmail.com we're really active on social media we appreciate every comment every like every uh, recommendation Uh, give us a review on uh, your favorite podcast 
platform. Also now on YouTube as well. YouTube. And if you uh, are a YouTuber and you've you've got an account, please subscribe to us. Yes. It, once we hit a hundred people, we can actually have our own very own YouTube slash Paranormal Dads yeah. link. That right now it's a, a long chain of letters that I'm not even going to go. Don't go even do go it. You can, you can look for it, search for us, and it'll show up. But, but yeah, you get our own actual. You have address. to dig for us a little bit right now. But if you like us, uh, then subscribe. Uh, it, it'll and make click the make, bell too. Make, There's a bell too to get notified of new. Yeah, of, yeah. of new content. Uh, content from us. Yeah. So we're we're looking forward to building that a little more too. Yeah. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. <laughs> A poem by Eddie Fossler. <laughs> a reading from Eddie Fossler. <laughs> I'm so... <laughs> and Eddie, I brought candy. I candy, want candy. candy. I want Almond Joys, bro. I'm in too deep. I, no, I've never been disappointed. Oh, good. I've been intrigued. <laughs> I've been dis- disgusted, but never disappointed. Oh, good. Yeah. Sorry, I gotta finish this. Anyway. Okay, fine. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You gotta put it in your nose. <laughs> Pat's eating M and M's like. Dude, I jam one up my nose so far as a kid. A peanut one. No, seriously, I got it up in my up, up in my like nasal canal. I couldn't oh get it out. God. I was like, <laughs> like I had to crush it up and then like <laughs> snot it out in pieces. <laughs> it was so it was so up there. I was like. Like trying to blow it out and it wouldn't go, so I was like, crunch, crunch, crunch. Eddie, this is why you are the way you are. That's what it is. Remnant M and M's scattered around my brain. Well, especially Please. if it has that red dye number five in it. <laughs> it gives you superpowers. You get it up. All right. Are you? Oh. <laughs> Good night. Oh, okay, it's turned okay. Do you want to? Do you want to kick it yeah, off? I'll kick it yeah, off. Yeah. All right, so recent sightings. This segment's always kind of <laughs> Eddie, put your Almond Joy wrapper away. Sorry, I'm just really hungry. <laughs> Candy. <laughs> He's Almond Overload over here. Many faces have I. <laughs> what the heck was that? That was awesome. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Sometimes I wonder how many M&Ms a person could fit in their mouth. Do it. Peanut ones. (laughs) I'm not going to do it.